You're listening to Sustainably Geeky, the podcast for everyday environmentalists. Hi, you're listening to Sustainably Geeky, episode 54. Today, I am talking with Victoria Pikowska, who is going to talk to us a little bit about art and how we can produce art more sustainably and also how art is used um, in environmental activism and activism in general. Um, Victoria is the founder and CEO of Victory Art, an organization that represents, promotes, and manages emerging Central Europe, Eastern European artists and advocates for modern perspectives of Eastern Europe. So Victoria, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, can you start by telling us more about yourself and what led you to this line of work? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, firstly, thank you, Jennifer, for having me. Uh, and thank you for an amazing introduction. Uh, as you mentioned, my name is Victoria Pikowska and I'm the founder of Victory Art. And Victory Art is a company which is helping talented artists from Central and Eastern Europe to come to the global art world. Probably many of the listeners already know what's happening currently in the eastern part of Europe, central slash eastern part of Europe in Ukraine. And actually today is a very important day because we found out that Russia is mobilizing all all men in the country. And so we are very, uh, very keen to see what's going to be happening in the upcoming few days and few weeks. Based on that and touching on this topic, uh, Eastern Europe and Central Europe was many years occupied by Russia. And this very much influenced the way how economics within this region was developed. What uh, it actually ended uh, in a way that many industries were influenced by, by Russia and by by basically stopping this development in these countries. And the industry which was uh, influenced the most was art industry. Artists didn't have opportunities to exhibit. They uh, were banned for many years to promote their art. Uh, if there was a slight sense of, uh, of revolution in art, they were put in jail. And this was environment where they grew up. Of course, this environment influenced the way this region is formed up to today, up to this date. And it, of course, influenced the way artists uh, are perceived and are promoted in the global perspective. These artists were kind of living in the dark for many years. However, now they finally can be a little bit more open to the world and really show their art. So Victory Art is all about helping this, we can call it even like underdog artists, to show their talent, to show their art, to help them speak freely about their art and what they feel, and even to show kind of like small revolution through this art. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting um, background and history and and one that um, I I think a lot of folks, including myself, weren't aware of that art was so heavily censored and um, just, I guess, people were afraid of it, right, because of the potential for, like you said, revolutionary thought or just inspiring people to um, think differently, I guess, from... (laughs) The status quo. So, so I guess um, Victory Art is, is kind of helping those artists catch up to the rest of the world is what it sounds like? Yes, definitely. Victory Art is uh, very much connecting them to the global art world and as at the same time bringing light to these regions. 
So currently, Victory Art is based in two countries. One is Slovakia, where we have a very close connection with all the artists, which are living like in the countries uh, around uh, around this region. And at the same time in Rotterdam, where we can have a really close connection with our clients from at this point, mainly Western Europe, but at the same time, we're uh, touching base in America and Australia uh, in, in this year. Okay. And so what, um, what, what services do you provide for the artist or the consumers? I guess, what, what does it look like? Like if I'm an artist who um, wants your help, what kind of um, assistance do you provide? Mm -hmm. So artists can apply to our platform or they can publish um, their artworks, their story, uh, videos about themselves and uh, photos so people can connect with them. Uh, and through Victory Art, they're able to sell their artworks to, to the global world. Currently, Victory Art is available in all countries and we are strongly pushing as well through external partners to be uh, more, more well known. And so this is one perspective, this more commercial perspective. However, we're helping artists uh, in different forms. So, for example, we are running uh, free seminars for them so they can go literally through each uh, each field in the art industry, like business development, marketing, branding, uh, communication with brands, with galleries, creating portfolio. So in general, like during the seminars, they get a perfect overview how to start their career and how to kick off their career and really being able to to compete on the global market. Um, beside this, uh, we uh, offer them as well pre-consultancy. So in case they have some issue that they want to talk about, uh, they can come to our professional team and we are able to help them in this field. We are organizing exhibitions, online and offline exhibitions. Uh, we are strongly uh, pushing collaborations with the different uh, different companies. So at this point, we are having mm, we are having collaboration with one company in Rotterdam, which is helping uh, uh, showcase uh, our art in a great way. It's actually a restaurant, high end restaurant, which is promoting our art. We are more pushing as well collaborations with hotels and developers, so people will be really able to see our art everywhere where they naturally go. So they don't have to necessarily go to museum or to gallery to see our artists. And in terms for clients, uh, of course, they can come to our platform and choose their favorite artist and support them. Uh, the profit goes to artists at the same time. So we really focus on strongly supporting them. And uh, uh, we, we offer to our artists renting services and hiring services. So in case you, you as a uh, as buyer, you're not sure if you will like specific artwork, you can always rent it. And if you want to buy a really, really expensive artwork, but you kind of feel like, oh, I do not have currently money or I, um, I'm not sure if I can say it like uh, at once, uh, we collaborate as well with external company, which is helping uh, clients to purchase artwork in installments. So in this kind of way, we really offer different services to both groups. Yeah, sounds like you um, are really flexible um, with both the artist and the consumer to help 
make art more, more accessible because I think a lot of times people think of fine art as something only the rich can afford and enjoy or you have to go to a museum. So um, this is a, a neat way to kind of merge technology with you know modern art and bring it to everyday people, it sounds like. Yes, correct. You're absolutely right. So I have to say that um, when we started, it was a little bit more visible than it is right now. Um, but in the beginning, it was really huge difference, especially before Corona. People felt like, oh, I should not buy art because I do not understand art or it's too expensive. And we even did like a small, uh, small test round when we had a gallery, physical gallery. And in spite of the fact that we were very welcoming, our door uh, was even open. It was January, it was minus 10. But I said like, hey, the door has to be open. People have to feel like they can come in. Uh, like we saw that people were really scared. They did not want to come. And this is what changed, uh, of course, with our approach. But at the same time, the corona helped, uh, helped this approach because people right now feel more confident to at least like scroll around the internet and like explore different places. Yeah. So this is this is one perspective about it. However, in terms of our approach and making art accessible, uh, we really try to bring art closer to people. So they don't have to go to galleries where they feel still quite uncomfortable, but they can go to a nice restaurant or to, I don't know, a nice cafe or lobby where they can see art, enjoy art and buy it at the same time. Yeah, I love that. Um, well, since you kind of already touched on this and um, said that, you know, part of the, I guess, um, reason that you started this organization was to help artists who weren't able to express themselves for so long. Um, I, I wanted to talk a bit, little bit about how art has been used as a form of activism over the years um, to communicate powerful messages or, you know, even mobilize people politically. Um, why do you think art is an effective medium to communicate these messages and get people, you know, inspired? Art is uh, a subtle thing. Art can make people really feel things and art can express such a strong and important topics, words a lot of times cannot, especially in the Central and Eastern European region. Uh, that was the reason why art was banned and why it was censored, because they knew, politici politicians knew, the government knew that uh, the only way how people could uh, revolve and rebel those days was art. So that's why they were so scared uh, of artists. There were many, uh, many even examples of famous artists, like, uh, for example, one of the most uh, important Czech photographers, Josef Kodelka, who really depicted what happened when Russia invaded Czechoslovakia and he sent it to the world. And he was actually the reason why the world knew what happened and why uh, that Russia actually attacked our country, Czechoslovakia, and we were afterwards uh, under the occupation for 22 years. Yes, I believe it was 22 years. So art uh, is, in these cases, like really tall where people can express themselves in a way that you cannot really argue with them like, oh, you did something wrong or you said some specific message. But at the same time, 
people can feel it, people can understand it, people can sense it. Art cannot be explained, but it can be only feel, feel by by people. So, yes, this is uh, this is mainly the reason why art is uh, is perceived this way. Yeah, there is something about a picture or even a video and seeing something happening um, that you can't you can't understand otherwise, right? Like you said, the pictures um, of your country. I mean, we've seen it in the U.S. with you know the marches in the '60s, yeah. the videos, how, how they galvanize people and, and get people so. Um, but well, they wake them up for one to what's happening, and then also inspire that sense of righteousness. This is wrong. We need to fight this, or we need to find a better way. So I do think that's amazing. And and it shows like that art can connect people from different parts of the world mm -hmm. that have similar struggles, um, even if if they're different culturally, like you can you have depictions in art of the same things happening. So exactly. Really and even when you think about recent events in America, right? Uh, George Floyd, mm -hmm. the whole thing what happened, if people would see it somewhere written or like they would just read it mm -hmm. they they would react completely different way but because they saw they saw it the whole world saw it there were so many protests all around the world not only in america i remember even in netherlands it was uh it was lockdown like very strict lockdown but people were like no we really need to like step up and change it and this in my opinion would not happen if there was uh, not like a video and like really visual proof that hey, and people saw it and people felt something and that 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 was the thing what mobilized the whole world. Yeah, it's incredible. I get chills thinking about it. <laughs> um, so since we are uh, a show that focuses primarily on environmental sustainability, uh, do you have any examples of impactful environmental act? activism art, um, if you know of any artists or works that you would point people to who are kind of interested in seeing some cool, unique examples of this. Mm -hmm. Yes, sure, I do. Uh, firstly, I would love to uh, as well say that we at Victoria Art, we have as well a few sustainable artists in our portfolio. What uh, I personally really love, uh, what they're doing and how they're doing the things. So, for example, from our OWL network, it's a uh, Andrea Ehret or Magdalena Shevchik. I'm going to start with Magdalena Shevchik. She's a very close uh, artist to me. And to be honest, I actually own one of her sustainable pieces in my uh, in my private collection, and I have it at uh, home. She is reusing old materials like plastics to create a canvas and to paint on it with with different colors. Why I love this artwork is that it's transparent. Usually when you see art, it's like, it's, it's canvas. It's usually like painted white. But because she's using old plastic, she used before on, uh, for example, let's say like packaging artwork or uh, I don't know, pack, pack something, something else. She, uh, she's able to take this plastic, used plastic, make a canvas and paint on it and make it transparent and when you look at it during the night or like during the day through different lights like it, it looks amazing at the same time Andrea Ehret she's a really amazing artist uh, she's using uh, sustainable colors and at the same time nowadays you're already able uh, to use 
uh, or to actually buy uh, sustainable canvases. So that's uh, something amazing. Uh, another person who, who is not actually in our portfolio, but is amazing artist and is uh, from Slovakia, from the country where I'm from. Uh, his name is Tomasz Libertini. And what he's doing is that he prepares a specific uh, shape of something. So let's say it can be vase and he lets bees to basically create the artwork around around that specific shape so it's kind of like a vase in the end from a bee wax oh my gosh yes it's it's stunning and he is literally creating a whole sculptures out of it i saw vase that vase was like one meter tall but i saw as well different kind of uh, uh, sculptures like a egyptian inspired sculpture and even a lot of sustainable brands uh, started to work with him because they felt so inspired by basically um, using in this positive way nature to create art and to create sculptures. So that was definitely amazing. And this artist is worth to be checked. Another uh, maybe American artist. Uh, is a uh, or is group of uh, melting panthers bo uh, by Bob Partington. He's as well creating uh, standing wax sculptures. Uh, another art uh, artist can be uh, Jenny Candler, who is uh, as well creating different uh, sculptures uh, from like a bird with different bird species. So definitely, those kind of uh, people are worth checking. And uh, maybe my uh, favorite, and this artist is very well known, so I believe that uh, some listeners might know him as well, is Ai Weiwei. And he's creating uh, different, really, really different kinds of art. Sometimes it's, uh, it's sculpture, sometimes it's painting, but his uh, way of uh, creating art is not necessarily... Uh, creating art from sustainable materials, but very strongly working with uh, nature and creating uh, topics around nature and impact of the world to nature. Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe someone uh, visits uh, Venus this year, actually Venus Art Biennale, and this was a stunning experience because uh, a lot of different uh, pavilions and different exhibitions were connected with sustainability and were raising important uh, topic of saving environment. And one thing what made a massive impact, and this is another uh, another thing what I would definitely suggest people to Google, is a Malta's pavilion in Venice Biennale, because that one was the is actually the world's first artwork, which is completely CO two free. So I don't know how they uh, how they exactly did it. I believe that uh, they might uh, buy some CO2 offset or something like that. But it, it, this is the first world artwork which is actually really certified. So definitely mm -hmm. check it out. It was stunning. It was water, and in the water uh, it was some some burning liquid dropping into it, mm -hmm. and it was in a dark hole, black hole, and you could only see these uh, these drops it was stunning so definitely check it out yeah those are um incredible examples and uh what i love is that you're um you're talking about people who are making art out of 
sometimes everyday objects or things that are easily accessible to others. So I think a lot of times people can be intimidated by creating art because they think I have to buy canvases and paintbrushes and fancy paint and all this equipment and it's so expensive, but it sounds like um, there are so many ways to make art just out of what you can find or upcycling things or going to create a reuse store or, or just, you know, you can get creative and you don't have to spend a ton of money um, just to create, you know, if you just want to flex that, that artistic muscle that you have. Yes, exactly. And I have actually one funny, but at the same time, a little bit embarrassing story. So when I started Victoria Art in 2017, I went to a networking event and I met there a man who started uh, talking to me about sustainability in art industry. And first of all, I'm coming from Central Europe, so the sustainability is becoming important topic there only now. So mm -hmm. people start to be educated about, uh, about the importance of being really conscious about our actions. Now, before I remember when I was young, it was not there at all. Uh, and of course, like living in Netherlands, sustainability is a really hot topic. I would say one of the number one topics. And this man came to me and he was asking me, so, okay, do you have like a sustainable artist? And I was like, what are you talking to me about? Like, I didn't understand. What, what do you mean by sustainability artist? Like art is not sustainable art is not supposed to be sustainable art is supposed yeah. to be art and uh, then he asked me so like does your uh, do your artist actually paint with uh, with some sustainable colors and i was like what what do you mean sustainable colors and then uh, it was actually the first time when i was kind of introduced to this topic of sustainable art industry and uh, this man was actually owner of, uh, of a company which was distributing fruit and, and vegetables all around the world. And he told me that, uh, you know, this might be a very interesting idea for people sometimes in the future to actually create um, like uh, colors out of fruit and vegetables. Mm -hmm. And now I, I really start, started pushing it uh, to our artists like, hey, experiment like really try to experiment with everything yeah. you have at home because you don't know how it's gonna work out in the end so let's just be open about this yeah especially when you hear about um how much food gets damaged and wasted in transit like there could be a business yeah. opportunity to take that bruised fruit and create paint or, or something with it that's an interesting idea or, or dye for clothing i mean there's so, yeah there's so many neat ways that um if we just kind of think outside the box a little bit, we can, we can come up with stuff. Um, well, thank you for sharing those um, artists and I will get the links, um, the names and links from you so we can post those in our show notes for anyone that wants to look them up and um, learn more about their work because it sounds really interesting and, and I love um, the, the, the plastic one sounds really cool just because you want to see plastic getting a longer life than just ending up in the Pacific garbage patch or something eventually. Yes. So. Yes. I should, uh, and uh, I have to say that uh, I'm right now much more sustainable a lot because of my fiance and uh, we have like this kind of tradition that every single time we go I don't know maybe to forest or to beach or close to sea like whatever we always like keep taking the the plastics out and throwing it away and like oh. try to clean the uh, clean the nature a little bit more. So yeah, this is like a nice, nice habit we have at home. 
Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's um, that became a big thing. I think a few years ago, where people would go jogging and they would take a bag of and pick up trash or something. So, I, and if everybody did that, it would just make a huge difference. But mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, everywhere you go. Um, well, I, I'll just real quick do an aside, kind of similar to what you're talking about. Um, if longtime listeners of our show may remember, I did a uh, in-depth ride along with the um, folks at Living Lands and Waters, and they are an industrial strength river cleanup crew along the Mississippi in the U.S. And um, their barge is really cool because they've taken a lot of the trash that they found and made art out of it or made displays. Mm-hmm. So they had, um, and I can send you these pictures and post them, but um, they, they've made you know, murals or, or canvases pictures out of old bottle caps that were different colors and they just did like a rainbow and different, you know, designs. And then they did the same thing with straws. Um, I think they had one made of lighters. So, I mean, you can imagine how much of the stuff they find, you know, picking it up throughout the year. But um, they also had a, an entire fence on the outside where they put baby dolls, which was really creepy, but, you know, it could be considered art because it's, it's upcycling old dead baby dolls. And, but yeah, it was just really cool though, to see like, they're not just throwing it all away. They're actually making something with it and showing, you know, that, Hey, you can kind of do the same thing. If you have a lot of certain type of trash around you, maybe you could make some art out of it. So um, that sounds amazing. That sounds really great. I love it. So creative. (laughs) Yeah. And, and yeah, you wouldn't think some of the things you, you take for granted every day that you throw away or you put in the recycle bin, you could actually, um, collect over the long term. So. Um, well, cool. So that gives uh, me and our listeners a lot of, you know, things to explore, I think, when we're looking for new artists to follow and content um, to possibly create ourselves. Um, and I kind of want to circle back now to talk, I guess, about ways to make art more sustainable. We've, we've touched on this a little bit, but, um, you know, art is very integral to the human experience, and it's been a lot. It's been around for thousands of years. I mean, you can find cave paintings and and carvings and things um, all over the world. Um, but it can be resource consumptive in some forms, like we talked about. So, um, I guess, can you think of any historical examples of art that has been um, produced sustainably in the past or or now, even any more that we haven't talked about? Yes, sure. Uh, To be honest, there are multiple kinds of way or actually multiple examples when art was very sustainable, even in the past, even like in the 15th, 16th century. So probably a lot of people will know Raphael, uh, the painter, uh, the Renaissance painter, and he was using mineral colors to create his, uh, his stunning painting, Madonna and Child of Enthroned uh, with Saints. Mm-hmm. And this painting is well, uh, is well um, seen all around the world. And it's, it's really uh, still high quality painting even after so many years. So it happens many times that artists are so concerned to use alternative methods because they, uh, they think that all oh, my art is gonna disappear, it's gonna be not as uh, high quality and my buyers will not want it. But when we're thinking about this Italian Renaissance painter, one of the most famous one, and that he really used uh, a mineral to paint his painting, it's it's amazing. Another things, uh, what's uh, what's kind of uh, well known from like 50 years ago, uh, it uh, is land art. So land art uh, 
is basically creating artworks in nature. So, for example, if you go to beach, you take a wooden stick and you create some shape or you create some picture in the sand or you go to forest, you create uh, something beautiful out of uh, branches. So there are many things you can actually do even even with uh, nature. This kind of art, especially land art, uh, is uh, is kind of uh, unique in its uh, in its way of uh, being preserved only through f- pictures and videos because it just like disappears at some point. So this is kind of all the things people used to do. If we're looking more into what's happening nowadays and uh, how people uh, are using or trying to be more sustainable, it is, for example, this reinvention of uh, furoshiki. It's uh, the mm-hmm. art of Japanese uh, fabric folding mm-hmm. as a way of uh, of uh, uh, of really making things kind of protected. That was like the main purpose or like to wrap gifts. Uh, however, nowadays it's really becoming uh, a thing where you take, I don't know, can be canvas or can be anything but has like a circle or square or rectangle shape. And you, you are able to even fold like old fabric and make a nice like ball out of it and I saw it that many people actually put it in their living rooms or or in their offices it's it's very uh, it's thing which is not like mainstream but it's becoming slowly popular and when you take old fabric and you reuse it you're able uh, to uh, to really uh, create some unique artwork which no one saw before so it's it's a really stunning thing and of course there's one uh, thing which is so old i think it's i believe it's from 15th century and uh that is about uh, kintsugi i'm not sure if i pronounce it correctly but it is basically art of repairing go- uh, broken pottery with gold mm-hmm. yeah that's <laughs> Yes, and not like really wasting those things. So my friend, uh, she's uh, Nepalese, and this is very, very popular in her culture. And so she brought, uh, she bought this kid like a while back, and uh, <clears throat> my fiance's granny. She died last year, and uh, he actually had uh, a very, very sentimental ways from her. However, when we were trying to bring it to Netherlands, it got broken. And my friend came with this thing. And that was the first time in my life when I saw it. And we were able to repair the vase. And I'm like, nowadays, I'm, I'm using it. Like, it never happens. So this is really nice things. You know, you can give like a second life to, to things you would normally throw away. Yeah, and add a little beauty to it as well. That's that's really cool. Yes, well, exactly. Um, I, I love all of those examples. And um, you, you mentioned the uh, the supplier, the, the paint supplier earlier, um, but are there any other trends you've noticed in the industry as a whole um, towards sustainability, you know, whether it be suppliers or artists or anyone in between? Uh, well, so one thing is uh, definitely increase of uh, awareness and increase of uh, distribution of sustainable colors and sustainable canvases. So this is uh, number one thing. 
another thing, what this so, kind sorry, of- what, what makes a, a canvas or um, paint sustainable, I guess? Uh, well, paint, uh, it is usually from, uh, from more ecological and biological, uh, I don't know, like ingredients. So that's, that's uh, so, so it's not very like chemically used. Sometimes it is, for example, reused uh, um, old old minerals. Sometimes it's reused uh, uh, fruit. Mm -hmm. So it really depends a lot in, on ingredients, mm -hmm. and at the same time, uh, locally produced. Um, you have, for example, in Central and Eastern Europe, you have specifically one producer who is really like doing it in a specific cities and you can only like pick it up there and he's uh, really trying to be conscious about CEO offset. So this okay. is one perspective. In terms of creating old canvases uh, or creating art from, from or having like this, this sustainable canvas, it is either uh, through like reusing old canvases or reusing old fabrics to create a new canvases. Or second thing, which is quite controversial, but sometimes it happens that artists literally take their old paintings and they reuse them again and they create something new because, uh, because they just feel like, oh, okay, so maybe this is not vibing with me at this point or or I do not feel that this is actually a good thing so let's not buy another canvas but let's just reuse this old one so uh, this is one perspective but in terms of um, being more sustainable uh, at this point and with the current trends in art industry uh, there are as well a few things so one of the things is to be really more conscious about art fairs and ship shipping in terms of art industry, art industry has a very bad reputation of not being sustainable and having a huge CO2 offset. You know, like when you're shipping a lot of artworks from one fair to another, from one gallery to another, from uh, uh, from like artist gallery to, to client, it's a lot of CO2 offset. So there's recently a lot of criticism uh, about art fairs and really increasing awareness about uh, decreasing amount of art fairs. What what successfully happened during Corona because many art fairs did not succeed. But at the same time, using uh, CO two free shipping companies, so shipping companies which are really using electric cars and are are very conscious about these things. Of course, it's quite a little bit more expensive the normal shipping companies. But nowadays you can see that especially uh, in generation of millennials, as I would say people about 30 years old, up to 40, 45 years old, you can see this generation which is really like looking into, okay, so if I'm gonna do this, how am I gonna influence my planet? And so we see from this shipping perspective, uh, those two things are very important right now. And this is very hot topic in art industry. And from perspective of, uh, of being more, more kind of like a tech, but at the same time, uh, bring art close to people without having CO2 impact. Uh, we saw that there are many online exhibitions popular that people are really... Uh, less demanding to see art in person and they're more open to really see art online.
So these are two really big perspectives in art industry, which are making a big difference currently. And the last thing, uh, what's quite like upcoming thing, it's not yet there, but hopefully we can see that it's gonna be uh, here very soon. It is creating and inc incorporating uh, um, kind of a sources of uh, creation of renewable energy in art. So I saw that solar panels are implemented in arts, solar panels are implemented in sculptures, and this way people are able to enjoy it, but at the same time it looks beautiful. Yeah, I love that. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad to hear the industry is, is taking these things seriously and changes are being made, even if um, they, they take a long time. But yes. uh, yeah, it, I understand too, you know, when you are shipping art, you have to protect it and it, it requires a lot of stuff to physically protect it. But um, at least hopefully that's being reused. And then, like you said, if it's being shipped um, emissions free, that'll that'll help in the long run. So. Um, would you offer any additional tips uh, for existing or aspiring artists looking to minimize their carbon footprint? I know we've we've already gone through a lot and we've mentioned kind of using what you've got around you and um, upcycling, but is there any anything additional you would tell them to look for in creating art? Mm. Well, definitely like upcycling is amazing thing. So do not hesitate to do it because uh, a lot of artists feel concerned that all oh, my clients will feel like I'm using old things and I'm not taking them seriously. It's absolutely not like that. Second thing, it is uh, a lot about educating clients, your clients about this. So really make them understand why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Why you chose, chose this? In general, I see it as well with Victory Art that artists do not take seriously uh, describing their artwork. They feel like all oh, person just looks at what I'm doing and they automatically will, will understand me. It's not like that at all. So especially when you're a sustainable artist, make sure that you describe to people why are you marked as a sustainable artist, what value you bring to the world. And the last thing, really try to use uh, the CO2-free emission companies as much as possible. Of course, I understand that it is uh, quite more uh, financially demanding. However, if there is a client who is really looking at the impact in, in the world, in the art world, I do not think that they will really mind to pay a little bit extra money for, for shipping and for packaging. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think what you said about, um, one, don't be afraid to try, you know, using um, upcycled items, because I, me personally, as a consumer, when I hear something is made from something else, I, I'm more intrigued, you know, I think, oh, that's unique, it's different. Mm -hmm. And I do like hearing about how it's made, and, and like you said, explaining the process, because if I know you painted that using fruit or something else, you like like bees, you know, made the vase or whatever, like you said, um, I'm more intrigued and interested in buying it than if I just saw it and thought, oh, well, you sculpted it. But I mean, and that's cool. But like, you, I don't know, that just adds an extra um, perk for me personally as a consumer. So um, yeah, on that note, are there any uh, things for consumers to look out for? And 
um, when they're when they're shopping or when they're commissioning art. Um, you know, what, what what can we do to kind of be more sustainable consumers of art or their certifications as well? So the best thing for for you personally uh, would be, or like for in general for people who want to buy art, is to buy art from local artists. That's like the best thing you can do. Just buy a local artist. There are so many amazing people in your area everywhere. There are so many talented people. So <laughs> just really try to think about that. You do not uh, necessarily have to, you know, ship art from Asia, you know, <laughs> to Europe or something like that. You have amazing talents. So just try to look uh, at them, try to find, uh, find, uh, maybe in a network of some galleries or some online galleries, local artists. Like sometimes we even have clients uh, who order through us and they're like, hey, I want to pick it up myself because I live nearby. I don't want you to ship it. I don't want the artist to pick it. And this is amazing. So even when you, when you maybe uh, find artists online, through some gallery or I don't know, through some e-commerce portal or, like, or whatever, uh, just try to email them like, hey, can I pick it up? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Uh, being creative and willing to kind of do a little extra maybe to avoid, you know, shipping if you can. So, um, okay, well, I think we've uh, pretty much gone through most of the questions that I had. And um, I know I've learned a lot about how art can be produced sustainably and enjoyed sustainably. Um, are there any additional resources or just things we didn't get to touch on that you might wanna add to the conversation? Yes, sure. There are actually two things I wanted to mention. Uh, there's a very nice book, which is called To Life, Explanation Mark, Eco Art in Pursuit of a Sustainable Planet. So this is one of the amazing sources people can have a look at. And at the same time, there is a uh, there's nice guide for artists, uh, which is called Eco-Friendly Art. So if you're an artist who really tries to be more ecological, have a look at that. Uh, that book and uh, Victoria Art team is uh, is regularly creating different content on topics of sustainability, even shipping for artists. So do not hesitate to check our website, even uh, subscribe to our newsletter. And if you're an artist who is uh, interested in really getting a lot of information about sustainability and shipping, you can go to our website and you can find seminars from from the beginning of this year and from the last year we did about these topics. So just go there. And if you have another question or some questions about these topics or even other topics, do not hesitate to reach out to our team and we definitely will find a way how to help you. Even, even if you're outside of Central and Eastern Europe, we love to talk to artists. Awesome. And that website is victoryart.eu? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Great, and I'm um, guessing you're on all the social media platforms as well, so people can find yes. you there. Currently, it's uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Pinterest, TikTok, you <laughs> name it. So just, just choose one, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I guess we will go ahead and move on to our green life hack portion of the show. 
Um, this is where we share one thing that listeners can do to live more sustainably, um, maybe reduce their carbon footprint a little. So um, Victoria, do you have a green life hack for our listeners? Yes, I actually have. And this is something what I practice for literally past two years. Yes, it's past two years. So I'm going to do like a small advertisement, uh, sorry, advertisement to one app, which is called Too Good To Go. I don't know how uh, popular it is in America, but it's becoming very, very popular in different countries in Europe. And this is basically an app where uh like stores can be can be really like a small local stores but can be as well like a bigger uh bigger of uh, food stores like a spa or tesco i don't know little or like whatever um they can sign up to this platform and they can offer a food which would be normally wasted to people to purchase for for i don't know like 20 percent of a price or like 30% of a normal price. This is something that I keep using very regularly. Uh, yes, literally for past two years. This is like a normal normal practice in, in our household. And we basically just book, a. it's called like a box, like a magic box from like different stores. And you always get like uh, different, uh, different breads, different vegetables, different uh, fruits. Sometimes it's even biological meat, like even even uh, vegan stuff, and we just like really love it. Uh, yeah. You can you can buy food for such a cheap uh, yeah cheap uh, price, and uh, this is food which would literally be thrown away by mm -hmm. these companies because they cannot sell it anymore. Mm -hmm. And this food is still good, but just regulations in the European Union do not allow them to do it. So this is a great life hack, which is especially, which actually can especially nowadays save people a lot of money. So I don't know, there there should be definitely some, uh, some very similar apps in America as well. Yeah, I don't know that I've heard of that one, but um, I love the concept and I will look and see if there's anything in my area. We're, we're usually where I, where I am right now in Texas, I'm a little late to get that kind of stuff, but I'm sure the big cities have something similar. And um, it sounds like it's kind of similar to finding the, you know, clearance section at the grocery store with things that are ex about to expire, but this yes. actually gets over to you, which is even better. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you can really get it from like a baker's. To be honest, I was really astonished by waste of uh, bakeries, like how much they throw away. Uh, when I was still a student, I used to work in one bakery. And when the bread did not look the way it was supposed to, or, or when there was a crack in the bread or something they just threw it away and I was so shocked I was I never seen it before that someone like threw a, a whole bread away and I it, I just couldn't understand it and now when I'm like bring like buying this uh, through this app and I go to bakery and I still see that this is happening of course because of this app it's not happening that often yeah. and of course it's like much much less than it was before but i'm still so shocked yeah i know um unfortunately a lot of places in the u.s make it supposedly illegal or very difficult to donate old or just not old but 
um, messed up food, food that's not as pretty from, from restaurants because supposedly they can be sued if they donate it and someone gets sick to like a shelter. But um, I think there's, there's now laws that are kind of working around that to kind of, you know, help prevent the waste and help people get the food that need it. Um, and I've actually heard that maybe in France, it's illegal to throw away food in, or, or some European oh, really? countries, like it's, it's illegal to throw it away if you can donate it. So if that's the case, I love that. <laughs> yes. Uh, for example, in Slovakia, my city where I'm from, they donated every day to the local zoo. Mm. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, those are amazing things. They're like to shelters for people. Definitely. Farms like, or, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's neat. Um, well, anything that helps prevent food waste, I'm a fan of. So um, definitely look into that, folks, if you're in an area that has something similar and you like saving money as well. Um, my green life hack is kind of echoing something we've we talked about recently in our conversation. Um, you mentioned supporting local artists, and I second that wholeheartedly. And um, Specifically, I would say go to farmers markets and um, Comic-Cons are actually a really good place to find artists. Um, I'm a big geek, obviously the name of the show is Sustainably Geeky, and I used to go to cons all the time when I was younger and um, first discovered them. But there, there's actually artist alleys in a lot of these places, and most of the art is um, fan art for comics and movies and, and video games and stuff like that, but there's a lot of incredible, you know, art that's made there and um, you can see, you know, spray paint artists and paint traditional paintings, but also, you know, people that do it digitally or do it by pencil and they'll ink stuff right in front of you. So it's a really good, um, neat way to find local artists and maybe get something that, you know, unique that you can only find at these these cons. So that's my my life hack is, is try to find your local artists in, in different ways that maybe you wouldn't have looked for before. Um, Great tip. Yeah, thanks. Well, again, thank you so much, Victoria, for being on. And do you want to plug um, Victory Art one more time where we can find you online, you and or Victory Art? Mm -hmm. Yes, sure. So uh, definitely check out our website, victoryart.eu. We are on all social media, literally all social media. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Pinterest, TikTok. Uh, we even have our own podcast. Uh, we have actually season from last year. However, hopefully we can we can make it work this year as well and bring to you some sustainable artists. So I, we will be very excited if you visit us. Great. And you can find the show uh, Sustainably Geeky on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. So Please subscribe if you don't already. Give us a five-star rating, a thumbs up, a star, whatever they ask you to do. Um, share with your friends if you're so inclined. And if you have ideas for future topics or guests, feel free to send those our way through social media or our website. Um, and then also, um, I can be found personally on Instagram and Twitter at Het's Gonna Be Me. Um, and we appreciate you listening, everyone. Uh, have a great rest of your day. This has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network.